Hey, happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridors podcast. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman. Uh, Shane, it is Pac-12 Championship Week, the last Pac-12 Championship Week. I uh, I have the tissues here. I know you're going to get emotional about this. It was just two years ago that that was like the Corridors' first big big trip was I went to uh, to Vegas and I remember seeing you there. You were covering for the Emerald at the time. I was. And uh, you had a hotel, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sharing a hotel with two photographers, one of whom I knew, one of whom I barely knew. That definitely epitomized my college reporting experience. I think I was, like, the last person in the press box. You took a picture of me, like, and there was no one else in there. Yeah. I wrote, like, two stories that night. Do, still hold up well. Do Do you think you would still do the, hey, just to cover something, throw three people, like, be in, a, like, a, a room with, like, three sweaty college dudes? I don't know. I, I, I feel like you have some standards. Now. Yeah, I was sick that weekend, too, so I didn't actually get to enjoy Vegas at all. Not that I necessarily would have had the time to, but I'm not going this time, and you are. But I was just telling you before we started, part of me is a little excited to just kind of watch from the couch. I just haven't really done that or done that much of all with football um, this season, and did, I kind of miss it. Did you – so the the Ducks and Beavers played Friday night. Oregon uh, looked thoroughly impressive again in that game. Obviously, there was a little bit of uh, uh, the Jonathan Smith cloud hanging over. Um, you don't say. In retrospect. But before we kind of dive into that, did you enjoy not having like what did you do with your Saturday? Did you watch more college football? Did you yeah, did you get out yeah. and and live? Damn it! Did, what did you do? <laughs> I watched Michigan Ohio State, which was a great game. I was telling you we got back so late from Eugene the night before that I was a little sleepy and it wasn't maybe the. The environment wasn't conducive towards really living in the moment of this huge game. I was I was telling my wife, I, it was so sad dropping you off. At, cause we carpooled down to Eugene. <laughs> um, and it was a cold ride down. It was a cold ride back. And we we have a spot, one of the exits that we park your car at. And it was a solid probably like 28 degrees. The car yeah. was frosted over. And it was like 2.30 in the morning. And I stayed just to make sure like the car started. <laughs> And my wife was like, "Well, didn't you just like let him like sit in your car while like his warmed up?" I was like, "No, like what? That'd be weird." In retrospect, I probably should have done that. But no, it, it wasn't was, bad. It was probably a little too. I grew up in Michigan, dude. Okay, that was every morning. Okay, and you couldn't I, I, go I, to school I, without I, that. I just I wasn't familiar with your game. I didn't have a scraper though. Usually, you'd have a scraper in Michigan. So I did sit in there for quite some time. So you get what you get going is you get the heat on. And then actually, this is a little cheat code. You get some windshield fluid. Uh-huh. And then you start scraping it back and forth. And it slowly kind of uh, loosens the ice up, yeah. I guess. I don't know. See, I've always I've always had like just my hockey stick in my car. Oh, and see, that'll I mean, work until... Until one, you scratch and, something. Right. Until one year, I there was a couple chips out of this, like, the stick. And they're made of carbon fiber now. And yeah. so... Uh, um, about two summers ago, I was looking at the hood of my car going, like, what the... F-? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I, I didn't get pulled over, not though, because I was driving with you. Yeah, we... Whereas Oregon State, uh, Washington, I got pulled over for speeding first time in my life. Got off without a ticket, wasn't going that fast. That's the first time you've ever been pulled over? For speeding, ever. Were, were you nervous? No. Not particularly. It came. It happened very quickly. I was more just like, I, I didn't really know what to say. I was. He's like, any reason you were speeding? I was like, not particularly. To, to hit deadline officer. <laughs> I should have told him I was covering the game. Yeah, that was weird. Um, you told me during the game, Oregon State, Oregon, that it didn't feel right. It just didn't feel like it had any magnitude, and it it kind of didn't. And it reminded me so much of that Vegas 
game two years ago where it seemed like everyone kind of knew Chris Paul was leaving already. It was a weird week in that sense because I feel a lot of people were still trying really hard to embrace the totality of that game. Um, I mean, like even on the corridor, we we wrote a lot of stories leading up to the game about like what it meant and the history and, and all that sort of thing. And you're, you're trying to roll with that. But then like you get to the game and they have, you know, some of the traditional stuff that they have at that game. But like once it really got rolling and it became apparent that Oregon was... I mean, it basically took two drives to to realize that Oregon was going to steamroll them in that game. It just felt like felt like the Cal game. It felt like the Washington State game. And then afterwards, it it we all kind of knew what was coming was going to come really quickly. You wrote about like Jonathan Smith's like uncertain future, and we were debating whether we should post it that night or in the morning. Yeah. And I'm glad we posted it that night because it was what ten at ten a.m. or so when quite it was, pertinent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird press conference. That was right up there with that Chris Ball one that we were both at in how, Vegas. How was Jonathan in person handling an awkward press conference versus Mario? Because Mario kind of would get like that steamy, like intimidating, like. See the 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 one thing about Mario though is that was kind of him for true. better or worse. I saw a side of Smith I'd never seen. He looked before, uncomfortable. And I didn't a lot like of it. it. Yeah, I felt like the one thing you were gonna get with Smith was always. You know, honesty and kind of integrity and this, like, just this good guy kind of aura. And I didn't feel that. And the comments keep coming out since he's got D. Lansing, and I definitely don't feel that anymore. Do you... Th- this is a discussion that, that's been had multiple times around this area the last few years. But, like, do you think that there's a clean way to do that? There's... There's not a clean way to do it. I think there's better ways to do it. I mean, it seems like he didn't even really tell the team straight up. Um... I think a lot of the team seems like they felt blindsided. Again, I'm not talking to players like maybe some reporters have, but you can kind of just see that stuff. It doesn't take much to to you know be a social media sleuth these yeah. days. So I would say he could have done a better job. Um, you know, I think the only way to make it cleaner is to offer more transparency. But you know, no matter what, you said this before we started recording. Like these schools are, they're always going to kind of hate the coaches for leaving, especially right. someone who comes in and first day on the job says, "This is my dream job. This is my dream school." You you put yourself in a corner. I, I always wonder. Oh, I wish I would have done a little more research before getting into this. But did did Smith during his time at Oregon State come out and do like the Lillard of like? this is like my career place or was it just always kind of the assumption that it was like, here was the quarterback who went here. Like, of course this is going to be his like forever home, his longtime place. And I, I think there's an assumption that if the PAC 12 didn't blow up or if, or if Oregon state would have found a conference that, Oh, Smith would have been here forever. And it's like, that might've been, that, that might've been the case if things would have been perfect, but also he was a name that's like, even if stuff wasn't blowing up, he was going to be on other teams radars this year, regardless He's from California. Like he was a walk on at Oregon State. Part of the reason why it worked there is because like he made it work. Right. Um, he, I think you're right. I, I don't think there was any assurance that he would have stayed forever or for even a long time. The Michigan State choice makes me wonder if it was a Big Ten thing or just kind of an Oregon State not having a home type of deal. You're you're from you're from out there. What's what's kind of the 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 heat map of Michigan State. Like, is, is that, like, well, when, when you see him take that job, or you're like, okay, like, that's, like, that's a good fit, is it? It's a good fit in some regards. Um, they are absolutely the sort of 
I don't know if I want to say the little brother thing, but they they are what Oregon State is to Oregon in terms of Michigan State to Michigan. They, they can play into a lot of the same mantras of like uh, hard work and like right. building it the right way. But in reality, and... that means they just recruit less well and people <laughs> care about them a little bit less. Now, they've had moments. And Michigan State, no doubt, has had higher peaks than Oregon State. They made a playoff not too long ago. Now they got rinsed by Bama there. They've beaten, you know, Oregon in the or excuse me, Michigan in the past, but so has Oregon State. So it's interesting in that regard. But you look at the new Big Ten with these West Coast teams coming in, and I don't see a world in, in those first few years where Michigan State is any better than like the fifth best team in that conference. It's it's going to be so fun when Michigan State comes to Eugene now, just to have then the added like the f- there'll, there'll be some Oregon State fans at that game yeah. who just show up to just boo the hell out of them. Well, it'll help too because that was going to be a uh, rinsing. Yeah. So. That gives you a storyline to write. Yeah, about. That, yeah, that that gives a little bit of extra luster to that. No, I, I think he makes sense there. Um, it's going to take some time, though. I think they're going to have to be patient. That team is really bad. They don't recruit extraordinarily well. Um, so I was a little surprised that it was Michigan State. Uh, I don't know if it was a big financial discrepancy, but I don't think it necessarily was. It's it's tough too because like I've seen, I've seen a lot of Oregon State fans like last week that that. It's like, this is the job you're leaving. Like, because obviously him leaving devastates the program. Like, I know they're they're potentially announcing their scheduling and stuff today. And, and they they have been interviewing head coaches and they're going to promote the heck out of them and, and make it seem like it's a good thing. But this is a, a devastating kind of indication of, of where a coach of that level thinks that this program is heading. I forgot exactly where I was going with that, but it's just... It's, it is devastating. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you... The reality is they'll probably be okay sooner than people think. Um, but yeah, it's... Well, well it, uh, like, uh, like okay might be... Um, it, I think it just depends on what people expect this program to be right. moving forward. Cause well, what do you expect it to be moving forward? I think it's going to be hard for them to come out of this at any level higher than like what a Mountain West program is right now. I think just the, I think they'll be able to probably strongly play a season or two of or of like riding that momentum of like us against the world. But mm-hmm. we saw just how that played out this year. Like that's exhausting. Yeah, it's it's really exhausting, especially when you're going to be less talented. They're going to be less ta- like the talent discrepancy is only going to get worse moving forward. Yeah, and it seems like I would imagine there's a good chance that they lose some of their top players. Like a, you know, who knows if Childs will stick around? Who knows if Martinez? I know Martinez keeps saying he will, but I don't know. I'm just curious to monitor it. Yeah, I mean, like it's like there's there's sharks in the water. Like it's well, and everybody seems poachable now. I mean, there's like the portal's already. It's not even officially open. Uh, but there's already a ton of players announcing that they will will hop in it, and some pretty high uh, profile quarterbacks as well. Do you think a guy who played a lot of games for Washington State this year is going to be playing in Eugene next season? So I sent I I sent it to you this morning. Um, I know that this is kind of like a I wouldn't call it a lazy. Th- you know, line to draw. I know it's not, you know, maybe the most fleshed out idea here, but I see a world in which that would make sense. I mean, think about what Cam Moore does really well. That's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Think about where you can very clearly point. Think about what in his game you can very clearly point to is like that needs to improve. 
you can see shades of that erratic Bo Nix. It was like, wow, and this works. This looks unreal. And then there's the other times it's like, you're doing a little bit much there. Um, that would excite me. I won't lie. That would excite me. I don't know how reasonable um, or sensible it, it, it is or if he would want to do that or if they would want to do that. That would be exciting. That, that would be such a tough one for Ty Thompson, too. Oh, God, be, because, be because even... And, and that's that's what's kind of the tough spot about Oregon as a program. I'm using tough in like air quotes here, because I, I think I think we've seen enough this year that I I would love to see Ty Thompson get the chance, but I don't think he's going to be better next year than Cam Ward would be. No. And if Oregon has uh, the bulk of this roster coming back, as as we've seen, um, kind of looks like Dan Lanning knows how to build a championship roster. Kind of does. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see uh, it, Friday. I we're kind, yeah, we're kind of skipping skipping a, a, a relatively big game this week and talking about next year. We'll but. get into that. We have time here. This is you know this is a football podcast. Do, do you think it's crazy that it's a nine and a half point spread? No, I get the math behind it. Um, I'm going to go come out and say now I I wouldn't take that. You know, you look at the way that these teams have diverged. Since they played, we talk about it every single week. The numbers just keep piling up in Oregon's favor of how they're destroying these teams that Washington State is escaping. And so everything points to Oregon State just, you know, it's their get-back game. They just blow out Washington, right? It never goes that way. Yeah. It never goes that way. So I think Oregon can and should win, and yet I have a feeling it's going to be one of those holy shit here we go again games yeah and that and that's what concerns me because if Oregon wins this game I think it's gonna be like evident from the start I think it'll be like what we've seen in since the Washington game where it's been a, a highly efficient offense that take takes care of the ball um Nick Nick's is Nick's was stellar last week it was a mixture of like the the short game the short throws that like kind of take over the running game but that one where he's running to his right and he crosses yeah. it like forty yards. He was shown off a little bit. Yeah, last it week. was. He hit a few of those. It was well played, Mister Nix. Yeah. I I think you can do that. Um, yeah, if if Oregon wins, it's going to be that way because if it gets down into the fourth quarter, we talked about a little bit about this last week, but those those close games that Washington's had to play, like we've seen them have in the two wins that they've had over Oregon, we've seen them make high pressure plays and situations against Oregon's defense that they've actually absolutely had to make. And we haven't seen the ducks make those plays against the, uh, the Huskies in those same situations. And you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think this is a game where the Huskies are going to show up and blow the ducks out. I don't, no. I don't think that's an option at all. It's either going to be Oregon's going to win by a ton or it's going to be them throwing haymakers at the end. And I'm still very frightened uh, for Oregon's perspective of just like how effective Washington's receivers can be in those one-on-one matchups, especially if uh, like Jaleel and, and Roderick are the Ducks are pretty banged up at corner. Right well, now. also it's in a it's inside. Yeah, that it's helps just, a little bit. Yeah, that helps a ton. I mean, you were telling me you don't really know how to throw a football the other day, but surely you. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you said to be fair, you said every other athletic. Uh, pastime you've been competent at but mm-hmm. football you've just never really gotten the hang of throwing one but surely you've attempted to or been around people that 
enough to know how much wind and the elements can affect that. Uh-huh. So being inside, it's like a seven-on-seven seven game for them, you know, at a certain point. Um, yeah, I, I just have a feeling, like, I, again, I, everything points to it being a dominating performance for Oregon, the, the we're here kind of moment for that program and for landing, you know, if they make some fourth-down conversions. Um, and I just, I, pardon me, would be really surprised if that happens. I also just, I don't, I don't see a world, like you said, though, I don't see a world in which we leave that game, much like the last matchup, thinking any worse of Oregon necessarily. It'd have to be something really weird or another game where it's like, well, you know, you like the decisions from Lanning, but the results just didn't pan out. What's the ultimate story of this team in season if they lose this game? Because it's it's kind of funny that at the feels like the assumption is they're going to win this game, they're going to make the playoff. And then, and then it really doesn't matter what happens once they get right, there because but, they've surpassed, yeah. But th- this would be a really weird season to kind of like put a bow on if, if they lose this one. I mean, they'll probably still go to a New Year's Six game. Like I, yeah. I imagine, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really looked that far down the line. But it would be the the highs of this year are like, the, I think that the general feel of this team right now is it's a, a, as embraced as any that they, they've had in Eugene. But I also think a little bit of that is forward-looking. Well, you know what I had forgotten? Um, Oregon was picked fourth in the preseason poll. In the Pac-12? Yeah. Damn. Right? We're bad. <laughs> We're not good at this. <laughs> no. Why would Actually, we didn't vote. So, no. Yeah. But I think... I don't think I took Oregon I, I first probably, in our little draft we did. I think I might have taken USC. I might have. Oh my god! That. Why have we not gone back and looked that up for? Uh, actually, did we're going to include the Pac-12 championship game? So next week we're going <laughs> right. to yeah. wrap up. Sure. Just just like we're going to do that mailbag. Yeah. Um, no, but so I think you know Utah, USC, and Washington were all picked in front of them. You know, it's you know. Apples to apples, whatever. They're all okay. So, so everyone had to pick Utah because the media never picks Utah, and (laughs) they won the damn thing last year. USC, the storyline was very clear. Yeah, it was. How can their defense be worse than it was? Washington. It was kind of what we talked about last year of of how just the complete perception of both those programs changed based on that fourth quarter. That and they had their thing. Yeah, and and to be fair, now that they've now won like what nineteen games. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not bad. Um. So I say that to say that I think no matter what, it should be viewed as a success, and it won't be. If they lose to Washington again with this much on the line, it will be a sour off season. It, it should be, but it will. It, it'll be it'll be a real tough one because it would be two losses to Washington. It would be putting Washington. In yeah, because this is the first time they'll have ever played twice in a year. Yeah, yeah, it, it's that's what I you you forget these little things. I was talking to a buddy who would watch the Michigan game. Um, someone I grew up with there, and he was like, that rivalry will never have those stakes again. I was like, well, and then I'm thinking, I was like, no, because just like the Pac-12 did, the Big Ten is doing away with the the little divisions. So Michigan and Ohio State could hypothetically meet twice in a year. That one doesn't mean as much anymore. Do you, do you think that has helped? Like, I, obviously, this is better for the Pac-12's overall like playoff like perception because now it has two teams like in – because if, if Oregon didn't have another game to play, they're probably not in the playoff push here. But do you, do you think that it ruined at all some of uh, the thrill of that first game, knowing that there, like, there was a chance that they were going to play again? Because that's that's with Ohio State and Michigan. It's like, now you play Iowa. And it's like, right. that's that's not quite as sexy. But like, No, I, I mean, that, that game was... 
the most hyped up I'd ever yeah, covered. It I felt like, and I completely you know, agree. And the the day absolutely lived up to it. Like that was such a memorable day, and I was running on it would, fumes all day. Man, it, it would just be so tough if you were a Husky. Like what everyone expects is for that team. You know, you went twelve and zero. Yeah. Like you beat your rival, and then you have to like go to the play or conference right. championship game and like. Because most years it would be what it would be be Arizona, yeah. and Arizona actually looks fantastic. So so that was one that's one of the. Capel and I right now we're doing a, ho- a home and home for this week, mm. and we were talking about the the Washington kind of some of like the win- wins that they squeaked out. And yeah. at the time we we're like ah, Arizona, Arizona by a yeah. touchdown, and now it's like oh shit, like that's a, that was a pretty good win. And I would yeah, if Arizona was playing them this week, you could see where the Arizona wins. Yeah, the Ducks. I think you know I think they would have beat Arizona, but that was that was a major dodge that they had on their schedule that they didn't have to play that Arizona team that was extremely feisty. Um, so it seems like we're in agreement that this might not be as one-sided as it's been hyped up to be. Washington's just got a weird feel to them. Like, like they, they know how to play the Ducks. Like, it, it works for them. Like, they've, you know, we've seen them eight quarters of pretty good football between these two teams. Like, last year's game was damn close, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, there's some, yeah, exactly. But but I will say, if, if Penix isn't at 100%, like I, I think I think he needs to be at his best or at least close to operating at his best to have these teams be equal because that's yeah. that's what Washington does. Like, what, what was what do you think was going on with him at the end of that game? Because I funny story. So I I was so exhausted from the whole weekend and I had family in town that I I fell asleep for most of that game and I woke up as they went on their game winning drive. But then afterwards, Penix is he, like for the field goal. He's like got his head. I, I couldn't tell if he was like emotional that like it all came down to like being. Like that close and being out of control at that yeah, point. Yeah, or if it was, or if it was, he was hurt. I mean, like or I, sick, or yeah. Because then he's being carried off and he's got that thing the, over the hood over. I, I I had another buddy of mine say, you know, what if he just had like a minor mental breakdown? Yeah, no, it could. Like, and I I was like, yeah. I mean, I think we probably for it's easy to forget. Like these guys are pretty young, and the pressure of having to be perfect. And squeak out these games every week when you're the quarterback and it's all on you. Also, the juxtaposition of everybody's favorite thing when they're covering Washington uh, for the sideline reporters and the co- like to be, oh, you know, Michael Penix, just this stone cold. He's always the same. You right. see him on the sideline, very measured. Fact of the matter is, like, the end of that game, he's jumping up and down when he's missing throws. Like, that's not really who this guy is. But again, he's built up to be that. This yeah. team is built up to be something. And maybe it did kind of come crashing down a little bit. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's just it's we're getting like super slow mo zoomed in plays of like oh here's maybe where his ribs got hurt like, <laughs> yeah. like a, two or three weeks ago. I'm not I, sure it was an injury. Yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what it was. Because even against Oregon, we thought it was an injury, and it turned out it was cramps. Yeah, or or that's what they're they're saying it is. Uh, true. You know, it's 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 I. I don't know. Your buddy Cable did pretty extensive reporting on the whole cramp thing and the IV and everything. Yeah, well, what does Cable know? You know? <laughs> Um, is there any reason to do the double dip this weekend in terms of watching and get hyped up for the Oregon-Michigan basketball game? Is that Saturday or Friday? That's Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're in Eugene, you should go to it. I think if you have free time on Saturday amid the other conference championship games, you should watch it. But it's just, I mean, what a, just a brutal, brutal blow. We talked, we were driving down Eugene uh, for the uh, Corridor Cup, and thank you. I'm getting good at it. I haven't forgotten. I haven't, I haven't even been using it. Yeah, you've been. 
Um, we skated right over that game, it, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's announced that both Biddle and Dante had surgeries. Biddle's reevaluated in eight weeks. Dante's reevaluated in four weeks. And it's not just the fact that it's injuries again at this juncture again. It's a fact that it was probably the two least dispensable players it, on it, the it, entire it, roster. It, it's essentially like the way they built their team was like we're going to have like some really strong dudes on the inside and then try to survive with like ball handling guards on the out. Yeah. And and guess what? They got a lot of ball handling guards. Yeah, like they're like they're they're doing. Shellstad came back and looked great. Yeah, like, and now you just have no size, like, at all. Like, they could, at all. They could, sur- they could reasonably survive, inj- like, pretty drastic injuries to, like, three guards. That's how many guys they have here. And yet, of course, it's the two big men, and their lone big men they've got, Mo Diwara, is, you know, out there fighting for his life. It sucks because this team looks like it can score. I mean, they put up high 80s. Um, in points, back-to-back games, that was never something they were doing the past few years. And yet, they're getting out. I think they, they just played Alabama, and they lost something like, let me see if I just pulled up right here, 99-91 to 91 after losing 88-82. to 82. Like Those are not Altman scores yeah. because they have no rim protection. I, I like that they're scoring like that, though, especially with some of like, the shooting yeah. issues that they've had. They're shooting years, 36% which, which, from three. It's yeah, which, huge in, which, which definitely like, leads me to believe that like under ideal situations, this team like has like big potential but it's right. just we're gonna have like a, just another complete instance of um dante's gonna be a month biddle's gonna be two months like it's gonna basically be like midway through pac 12 play before like these these guys like start to get any sort of cohesion and as we've seen with altman teams in the past sometimes that takes a while for guys to figure stuff out and, and learn how to play with each other so i i, I do like i i, I think and this is all from watching outside because it's not like we've had like a ton of like games in Eugene to like high quality games in or Eugene to watch. Streamable games, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it does seem like like this is a team that's playing hard for Altman and like it's it's efficient with the way that it runs the offense. It's just man, he he must. Uh, I don't know what deal he did with the devil <laughs> yeah. to get to the final four, but it's, it's just every year it's something with injuries on that team. Even that year, yeah. Uh, if Dante, yeah, yeah, Boucher in the, yeah, <laughs> right. in the Pac-12. I forgot about that. If if Dante can come back by the end of December before they, because they open Pac-12 play uh, with they host USC and UCLA the same weekend, the twenty eighth and the thirtieth of December. If he can be back for those games, that'd be huge. Because realistically, they they probably only need one of those two guys, but they have to have one of them. I mean, Biddle looked really good when Dante was out, and they were winning with Biddle, and so. Again, if you're going to have injuries, I guess this is still the time. But they're again after starting four and zero, they're now four and two with losses against not amazing teams, but teams that had they beat would have helped them down the line. Santa Clara and Alabama. Um, I, I don't even know what else to say. Like they're shooting well from three, thirty six percent. They're not hitting their free throws. Um, Gotta hit your free throws. And they've lost you know two games by single digits where those free throws come up pretty pretty big. Um, it it sucks. I I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm bummed. Just it's gonna be a long long winter again. Did you see Pop? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, explain what happened. Uh, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich in the middle of a game while Kawhi Leonard was at the line goes to the scores table, grabs the microphone, and yells at the audience to stop booing Kawhi. That's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. Never seen anything that, like that. that felt, 
yeah, and like I'm I'm a pop fan, but also that that reeked to me of someone who uh, doesn't get criticized a whole lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> like 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 main character main character syndrome big time there. You watching ball? Yeah, a little bit. I've yeah. been I've been trying to I. I I'm a firm believer of I think college basketball seasons should start in like January February and I think the NBA should start on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too much. It's just hard to juggle all these things, especially because I still like I like watching the end of my baseball playoffs throughout like October November. You have to be a little bit first on that. It's just a lot of shit, man. It's, and it also it's all the. With college basketball, all the big stuff is early on, and then it has a lull. Yeah. But all that big stuff being early on, you know, it's even more likely it gets lost in the shuffle. Um, like I don't, I don't think, and I know that the game was in Milwaukee, but I don't really think people cared that much about the Blazers playing Willard in Milwaukee that much. People mm. watched it, yeah. but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not like he came back here. Yeah, you're but you you're better about fitting in ball watching than I am. Yeah, I just. I have less things to do. I'm not, I'm not hip and cool so? anyway. I don't know. Like, what you what you do on Sunday? What's Sunday? God. Oh, I went out to dinner with my family. I uh, see. That's a thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, uh, Tartuca. I've never even heard of Tartuca. Mississippi. It's an Italian place. I never go out for Italian. And when I, you know, the times I do, I'm like, where do I go? There's so many options. The place was good. Uh, Pizza was solid, but what was really good was all their starters. They had all these crazy, you know, they have the focaccia and the burrata and then these focaccia. little focaccia salads. And then the this gnocchi was crazy. Uh, that was a good meal. It, pricey, but, you know, it was tasty. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. That was solid. Um, oh, and then last night, uh, last night with the family, Bluto's. Bluto's. I haven't heard of that either. Down on Hawth- Hawthorne, is it? Belmont? I think maybe Belmont. Uh Greek place, kind of like a la carte almost. Like you can get like some souvlaki, you can get like your hummus and your okay. pita and stuff. Um, they have a few like dishes. Uh, that was really good as well. I hadn't really had Greek food here. That was quite tasty. Would go back. I went out for drinks last night with uh, SB Live's uh, Andy Bueller, mm. uh, friend of the friend of the program. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, really hard worker. When we went to Old Gold, which was like one of my first favorite bars in Portland, it's out on Killingsworth, and it's the first time I've been there in a couple of years, and it's just like nice little nostalgia going back. They haven't changed the menu. It's it's the same. They have a uh, they have this like in the back. It's the champagne button. <laughs> Never hit it. I've always wanted to. Doesn't <laughs> no. seem like a bar that would would have a champagne button. No. One of these days. That used to be our. I was on a. Uh, men's league softball team and that was like our post post game uh, bar to hit in Nopo. Mm. It's a good spot. Speaking of champagne, uh, hold, hold, let me <laughs> let me try to think of where you're going with this. Well, no, I just speaking of champagne. I know we. I got nothing. We've had a. We never seem to have a direct route to figuring out what we're going to talk about week to week. But um, so not to circle back here to football, but I want to hear more about you are going to Vegas. Yes. What your plan? Give me like the. By the so hour rundown of your time in Vegas, what that's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, so I think so. Last last time they went to Vegas, I I think I bought a motel room for like thirty bucks that was not worth staying in. So after the game, I just went to the airport and I think I wrote because my flight was at five. Right, it wasn't an enjoyable time. No, especially with Cristobal leaving and all that shit. It just it was a little stressful. So. I'm I'm flying in Thursday. 
this week. The game's Friday. When so you I'm, get in on Thursday. I'm getting in at like 3 p.m. Thursday, which is like a perfect time to get into yeah. Vegas because like you're not having like you can check right in. I got a I got a cheap Airbnb. This one's nice though. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 about half of what the media rate was at the New York New York. Hey, guess what? The media rate is never a the, deal. The, me, the media rate is never actually. Yeah, it's just it's, uh, not it's, once. Turns out the, the the media rate is the rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a little bit off strip. Will be so will be nice. Like I, I I'm probably going to try to write like a little day of or day mm. before piece. I like that. Um, this is the this is the week for you to kind of just yeah cash in. No, and, it, and it, like it's like honestly it's it's been it's been pretty motivating because like the site numbers have been yeah. uh, very good the last couple weeks and. Uh, um, the team is really good, and so like like it feels like it's worth, you know, it's it's just kind of positive reinforcement. So, uh, I'm gonna try to get a little creative with stories at the game, and I think Thursday night, uh, Cable texts me, and I think we're just gonna put the entire corridor budget on black somewhere and uh, see what happens. You know, I like that. Yeah. Do you have any? So it's, it's been a while since you got to kind of like just for a publication fly out and yeah, cover dude, a it, big event like yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been since uh, cuz I've 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 rarely traveled like I didn't I traveled to Seattle this year. I didn't go to Texas Tech. I guess like the last big thing was going to Atlanta last year, but it's not like that was like a bowl game weekend. Um, so yeah, this this will be fun. It'll be it'll be nice to see um it'll just be nice to see all the other pac-12 writers which is like you know gonna get all nostalgic and shit but like you know it's 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 always kind of fun to see that group of people and like the people that work at the pac-12 your uh, uh your press box zingers are i mean you're picking at the right time yeah yeah i'm i'm you're firing them off left I'm, and right I'm, I'm it's a master class I'm, I'm looking forward to it is there any not to spoil any content plans but is there any sort of angle or bit of access that you're i know this isn't like a bowl week where you have the whole week but is there anything specifically reporting wise you're excited to just have at your disposal mm. i wonder if they're going to do open locker rooms for this oh because they used to and then covid happened and then they used that as a way to i don't think they will it's unfortunate yeah okay so say it's an open locker room i know you don't know who would have had a game that you want to talk to them about but if it's just an open locker room like who are you going to you're probably going to camden aren't you oh man that that that's something that i think i hope it doesn't come down to a kick (laughs) (laughs) that's the one thing with oregon right now. oh man yeah i hope like like that I, I imagine that kid's family has like been through it because you know that like kicker's parents are probably like the most stressed out of like all football parents and like the fact that their kid has like sucked been great sucked again uh, sucked is right. not the right term no but it. it's funny you say that because you have just like me when these games are on I have a bunch of people texting me because they're just at home watching and they're like oh you're there you know what you're talking about not really but. They all have like forgotten that Camden like was legitimately good for. A oh, while. dude, he, he it's now completely flipped. It, back. it was almost it was it was he was he was bad for like the first six weeks of his career. Yeah, and that was him being thrown into the fire, like kicking against like Auburn. And, also, and, can't it, imagine Chris Ball was a or, great motivator as yeah, a no, head coach like, for a kicker. I, I mean, there there's not a whole lot of coaching that happens on the kicking side. Yeah. Of uh, well, it's also with Chris Ball. It's like you know, if you miss, we might take you out. Back. Yeah, and 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 so for 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 Camden to like kind of kind of put that in the rear view for like three years 
Uh, I'm going to be honest. I was surprised. I, I thought he was older than he was. Like, I was surprised when he was back this year. And I was just like, oh, cool. Like, you just get to add to, like, your legacy. Yeah. And this is Not the year. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the year that's kind of, like, hurt it a little bit. And I... Yeah, like he's he's not consistent at all, and that's that's what he was the last couple of years. And I, I do think that probably some of that kick against Washington screwed with his. Like I I think it was okay to miss that kick against Washington. Like missed kicks happen, right? But like that his consistency since then has been erratic. Yeah, yeah. Well, in classic fashion, we've looped back from sports talk to food talk to sports talk. But yeah, because that's the one thing, right? I mean, they they completely swallowed up Oregon State's ground game in that game, like 54 yards or something. Like, this team is humming, and then it's like it comes down to the leg of this, like, kind of chubby white kid. It's like, that's tough. Washington's got a chubby white kid kicker, too. <laughs> well, he just got put on scholarship. <laughs> yeah, he did. Grady Gross. All right, uh, let's get out of here with this. What happens? Do you think Oregon wins? The fact that they they just does, got back to does, this point. Does Oregon such... win and make the playoff? Yeah, if they win, they're in. Yeah. I do think now. I know we were saying it's not a foregone conclusion. I, I think they'll get in. They're not going to want to keep Bo Nix out of the playoff. No. Um, they're not going to want to keep the corridor out of the playoff. I think Oregon wins by less than 10. Whether or not that's a late touchdown, I don't have to say that. I'm just predicting the score. I think it's within you know 7 or 10 points. But yeah, just the fact that after that game that they've done everything they need to and they've passed with flying colors to get back here, it is impressive. Yeah. I yeah I I think unless unless you're going with like some just like gut feeling, there's nothing that you can point to that says Washington should win this game. Like I I, I thought I thought the last game was very much a whoever the was the home team was going to win that one. Right. I, I think that was probably worth four or five points, and that was the decider of the game. So put this thing on neutral field and considering how they've played. Well, a neutral field where Utah far out Utah fans far outnumbered Oregon fans two years ago. Not going to be the case this Not going to be the case or, or, Oregon fans are used to traveling for these things. Um, and they're closer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be like 38, 38, 28 ducks. See, I think we've had that exact score predicted a few yeah, times probably. this year. Uh, cool. Any final thoughts? Been a fun one. Yeah. Had fun this season. Yeah, I... Um, Selfishly, I'd like them to win just because I'm I'm not yeah. ready for uh, corridor football coverage to be done, yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's like what's after that? Yeah. At least I can cover prep soups. Darkness, you know? my old friend. <laughs> no, we're uh, uh, we'll be doing plenty of basketball coverage this off season and the portal, and stuff. and we're just going to really dive into like Oregon's joining a new conference. Yeah, like welcome to the Big like? Ten. What's that look like? So, um, thank you to everyone who has been a subscriber and listener. Uh, our Cyber Monday thing yesterday was awesome. Thank you to any everyone who subscribed during that um, and shared. And we will be back next week, uh, hopefully talking about a playoff-bound uh, college football team. Peace. Peace.